Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. So Greg is very angry, and what are the... Can you scroll over the little things that he's feeling? He's losing 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 control. control. A few episodes ago, we created our main characters, Greg and Catalina. But we didn't just create them in our movie script. We also created them in the video game, The Sims. Outgoing, maybe. Cheerful, maybe? Romantic. Romantic. If you don't know The Sims, it's not really a conventional video game that has a goal. You don't win or lose. You just create a person and go about your day-to-day life as them. We created Greg and Catalina, and we also created Selma Hayek. Then we put them in a house together and walked away for a few weeks. Now we're checking back in to see how they're doing. Is that Selma? Look how uncomfortable she is. Uncomfortable. We're hoping this will give us some inspiration, because right now we're at the part of our movie where Greg and Catalina need to break up. But how? Maybe we can get some ideas from the simulated version of our couple. It would be good to maybe introduce some some peril to the situation, see how they react. In order for Greg and Catalina to break up, we need them to fight. The problem is that our Sims seem to have created rich lives for themselves. They go to their jobs at different times, they go to sleep at different times, they seemingly never interact. So how are we supposed to get them to fight if they never actually talk to each other? Well, can we force an interaction? Can we get them in a room and take the door away? Yeah, just make them interact. We didn't want to give them the option to leave. So we put them all in a room together and got rid of the door. No way out. So now they should be primed to have a fight. But unfortunately, they won't even talk to each other. And why is that? Well, they all have to go to the bathroom too badly. But we have a solution for that. Just put a toilet in the room. (laughs) Yeah, build a toilet in the room. See if they use it. This is so dystopian. So now they're all locked in a room together with a toilet in the middle. But they're refusing to use it. They'd rather just be uncomfortable. Oh my god. This is like the Stanford prison experiment. Do you think they'd pee if it was in the vestibule, kind of tucked away? Maybe. Let's move the toilet into the vestibule. Just a reminder, this is a screenwriting podcast. We are three screenwriters trying to write a romantic comedy, and we're currently debating where to move our Sims toilet. I think we're veering off course from our mission if we're just trying to get them to use the toilet in front of each other. Anyway, long story short, they all peed their pants in front of each other. Then we let them out of the room, and Greg started a fire in the kitchen. You guys, fire. There's a fire. There's a fire. There's a fire. There's a fire. Look, we're not exactly hackers. I guess there are no shortcuts in screenwriting. If we want our couple to break up, we're going to have to write it ourselves. This week, we're bringing the conflict front and center to throw our couple into crisis mode. It's Let's Make a Rom-Com. where we are in our movie. We've plotted out the couple's meet-cute, we've watched them fall in love, and we love them together. Heck, 
Even the taxi driver driving them home loves them together. I, I, I would do it for free, you guys. are so freaking cute. <laughs> Thanks. This week, we're fast-forwarding through the script a little bit. We know Catalina discovers that Greg used to date Selma Hayek, and it's going to throw her into a spiral of self-doubt. Cracks begin to form. The fun scenes of them falling in love give way to uneasy moments. Catalina's self-doubt eats away at their relationship, and ultimately, it leads them to break up. And that's where we're picking things up. This week's challenge is to break up our couple. And how are we going to do it? They're going to have a big fight. But before we write the fight, we want to learn more about what leads to fights and how fights lead to breakups. So obviously, we talked to a lawyer. Hi, my name is Melanie Bragg, and I'm a lawyer in Houston, Texas. A divorce lawyer, to be precise. I like to do good divorces. I'm not one of the high-conflict uh you know, scorch earth. If, I always tell people, if you want a lawyer like that, you're not going to have me. We wanted to ask her about the issue that Greg and Catalina are going through. Have you dealt with any uh, divorces or problems around people still being friends with their exes that aren't romantic? Like it's not a cheating situation with an ex. Like like just having the ex in the in the story of these people's lives. Is that you come across any of that? Yes, yeah, there is. There is that. That's very common, and it it kind of falls down into two categories too. It depends on the level of trust that people have with each other, and how they feel about the relationship they're in. Because if you know, someone one person might say, "Well, for sure, you're going to have sex with them, even though you say you're not," because there's no trust. And I always say, a man who can't trust can't be trusted. So you, you look to where the trust falls in. But uh, sometimes it works beautifully and it's not a problem at all. And then other times it doesn't work. But usually in those situations, there isn't a lot of trust in the relationship. And so since our characters are about to have a fight, we wanted some fighting tips. I know you're not a couple's counselor, but what do you think about fight, like couples fighting? Is it always a sign of trouble or is there like a healthy amount of fighting, you think? Oh, yeah. And, and fighting is a good thing. I mean, fighting is okay because it's communication. So fights can be really good. It, there's nothing wrong with fights and arguments, but it's how you do it. So do you do it like the art of war or do you do it like some low-level fifth grader? Everybody has problems. Everybody has feelings. Everybody has emotions. People act like jerks sometimes. And we're all just human beings with a mix of emotions. And when you can, when you can start understanding what your triggers are in a relationship, then you can even look at the other person and say, you know what, I'm feeling triggered now, but I don't want to lay it on you. The best phrase that I've ever heard in my life, when a guy says, I understand. You know, when someone says, I understand, I think all men need to incorporate the phrase, I understand, even if they don't, just fake it till you make it. After a while, you will start understanding. But just mm. show your wife or partner that you, you have heard her. You do not have to solve it. Also, the power and the beauty of saying you're sorry just for the sake of peace. Like, when you get to where your ego is not so involved and you can say, you can say, do I want this relationship to work? Do I want this weekend to be a good weekend? I can be right. What is it? I can, I can, you can be right or you can be happy. Mm. Okay, so that was really helpful advice. She gave us tips on how to fight constructively. But here's the thing. We don't actually want Greg and Catalina to fight constructively. We want them to fight and break up. So everything she taught us, we're going to try to have our couple do the opposite. 
When you can start understanding what your triggers are. Acknowledging their triggers, they will not be doing that. When a guy says, I understand. Trying to understand each other? Not today. Saying you're sorry just for the sake of peace. Apologizing? Not these guys. And that last piece of advice? You could be right or you could be happy. They're going to choose to be right. And they're going to end up unhappy. Now we got to get writing. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Mark, Ryan, and I are meeting in the writer's room to put Greg and Catalina's relationship to the test. And we're doing it in a way that you haven't heard before. We're going to write the scene together, which is something we have done, but never recorded. This show is a fly-on-the-wall look at the writing process. But that doesn't mean you actually hear us writing. Normally, we get together to come up with our ideas and then split up and do the writing on our own. But today, we're huddled around a computer, taking turns, typing out a vomit draft. This is the fight that breaks them up, correct? Explosive fight scene, yeah. If they don't break up here, they're definitely breaking up the next day. First, we have to choose a spot for the big breakup. Where? You had some fights in your time, personally. I mean, usually like at home. Or quietly at a restaurant. Quiet fights well, are kind of interesting. That's what I wanted to say, too. I, I love a, a quiet fight where there's something else going on. Like where there's a full on, like they're buying a car. Maybe they're not buying a car, but they're like, there's a transaction happening and they're yeah. fighting. That's, yeah, fun. that's so uh, awkward. Museum where you have to be quiet. Yeah, quiet museum. Concert where it's really loud and they have to yell. Yeah, yeah I mean, something like loud is kind of fun because that's the opposite of quiet. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> loud is the quiet. opposite of quiet, right? I'm trying to think of places where people would not leave you alone and keep popping up. Yeah, you know? it could be very funny. I like someplace public and I like someplace trapped a mm. little bit. Um, Submarine. If- like if they're on a trip, like the hotel lobby, like it's such an uh, hotel lobby sucks so much in a lot of ways. I definitely think a big thing, a breakup worthy fight is generally like we should be having so much fun right now. The fact this, that we're not yeah. is bad. And I don't know if I can get myself to having fun. I just like, I don't know if I'm gonna, legitimately ruined. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, ruined it. I can't get myself ruined there. Ruined it. Um, okay. So let's go with that. So they're on a trip. Okay. They're on gonna, a mini, put, okay. a little mini vacation. Should I put hotel lobby for now? Sure. Yeah. And then I suggested a detail to give the setting a little bit more texture. What if it's something German? Is that funny? What if the concierge is German? No, like what if the place they're going to go is like a... Like has a German, like a little, like a German sort of theme? It's Korntoberfest. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Not exactly sure why I said that, but it's something. We also think the scene needs something else to give it a bit of friction. A side character. Can we have the person that's trying to help them, though, like come in every once in a while for comic relief? Yeah. Absolutely. So does does the concierge have to be German? Yeah, all right. He can be German. 
and that side character can force them into a funny situation in which the fight can happen. Just be like, I've booked, I've taken the liberty of booking you for our German high tea. <laughs> they could be making sauerkraut. There could be like a yes, could this be a, yeah. Yes, I've, yeah. I've taken the I've taken the liberty of booking you the last two seats uh, for our sauerkraut making workshop. It starts in three minutes. And we'll have to figure out a reason for the big fight. What if Catalina knows that Selma Hayek is in town? And Greg hasn't mentioned it to Catalina yet. Mm. But she, Catalina knows that Greg probably knows. And she's waiting for him to say something and he hasn't. Yeah. And she's like going to explode. She has seen a text. She's seen, I think she's seen a text. I think she's night, seen a text. At night when he was right. asleep and mm-hmm. he didn't tell her about it in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's kind of clear. And she's mm-hmm. like waiting for him to say something. And he's like, And what? how do we do that without him saying, hey, just out with it. What's wrong? <laughs> well, maybe that's because they go into the next room and then they're like surrounded by people and they're like making sauerkraut. Okay, great. Now that Greg and Catalina are in a tense situation, it's time to get down to it. So that, now, bang, they're in the room. Greg and Catalina are wearing hairnets. Wait, is this two fly on the wall? Can Greg start like, like, like why are you chopping so angry? Like, why are you... I feel like he can just cut to the chase. Like something's going on. Put in a parenthetical for Greg, patient. Did you see the text oh, on my phone? That's, that's nice. That's nice Not flavor. accusatory. Yeah. She's like, why are you bringing this up now? Why are you bringing this up now? Yeah, that's good. Then we escalate the argument. Don't be an asshole. How am I being an asshole? You're the one that looked at my phone. Well, why don't you go and fuck her then? <laughs> Put his foot on the gas. Maybe we escalated it a little too quickly. <laughs> well, we just know how far we don't want to go, right? So I'm just, just reading too much mammoth. Okay, back on track. How am I being an asshole? You're the one who looked at my phone. It lit up in our bed, which we share on our romantic vacation away. And let's not forget to include our side character, the concierge from the German-themed hotel, who, yes... Has a German accent. What's great about this workshop is that all of this sauerkraut goes straight to the restaurant. If you ate some sauerkraut yesterday at lunch, you had some made from our lucky workshop attendant just like yourself. <laughs> They've just like worked. <laughs> then Greg walks out of the sauerkraut workshop and Catalina follows him into the hotel lobby. I think at this point we would say their fight is getting a little public, right? Like people are, mm-hmm. can hear it. Do we want to do the innocuous like text? Like he like does show now he tries to show her and she doesn't want to see it sort of thing like and it was the most innocuous text of all fucking time it was for someone else it was for Martin Scorsese <laughs> it was for Martin Scorsese it wasn't even for me it's a great job on The Departed okay <laughs> no 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 here I'll read the text to you and he just like does that like yeah. define he's like let me read them but here's the thing it's not exactly a fight it's Catalina getting upset while Greg explains himself he needs to do something. He has to fight back, though. He has to be like, you're a hypocrite. You're such a hypocrite. Like, you live, you literally live with your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. You're, you're so insecure. Like, yeah. go figure it out. And then he delivers the final blow. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm making you happy. I can't be with you if I don't make you happy. You're not happy, Catalina. Boom. Boom. To the core. Cuts to the core, it does. And that's it. The big breakup is written. That, I would say, is four-page vomit. Yeah. That's definitely a nice vomit. As always with these vomit scenes, there's no telling how much of this will make the final draft, if any. Yeah, I think we did great. I mean... I think we did really good. I think we did the exercise, and I think it's a good scene. Okay, so now where are we? Greg and Catalina's relationship is over. They've had their big fight and split up. 
But of course, this wouldn't be a rom-com if that was the end. They've got to get back together. But should they? Are you guys running together? Yeah, the three of us. Oh, wow. You really don't like money. (laughs) (laughs) You hate it. This is Greg Barrett. He's a stand-up comedian and writer. I worked on Sex and the City, and one girl one day asked me about a guy she was seeing that didn't want to have sex with her. And I said, he's just not that into you, and the rest is history. If you didn't catch that, Greg worked on Sex and the City as a script consultant. While he worked on the show, he came up with a phrase that would eventually make its way into the love-life lexicon of so many. He's just not that into you. Two kisses. Very promising. You think even though he didn't come up? Definitely. It means he likes you, but he wants to take it slow. That's nice. Burger, what do you think? I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. He's just not that into you. That's not true. Don't listen to him. Greg is the co-writer of the best-selling self-help book with the same name. I just based it on what I would want to hear as opposed to what you want to tell me. Get right to the meat. After my boyfriend doesn't like me. That's what people want to know. That's why we put the answer on the cover. You don't even have to buy a book. You just have to look at the cover and go break up with your boyfriend. (laughs) The book became a romantic comedy movie of its own and led Greg to a number of strange places, including Oprah's couch. He started a revolution with those six little words that freed women around the world. Remember, he's just not that into you. Would you get that? Best-selling author Greg Barrett and even... It was interesting because I've been doing stand for 15 years. And then after the book hit, women would come and talk to me and cry and there'd be hugs and long talks. It was just sort of a weird shift in the culture of my stand-up community. Mm. So that was sort of the weird part of it was having these really intense conversations. I never even talked about relationships in my stand-up. And so Greg has taken on the role of relationship coach going one-on-one with individuals and couples looking for guidance. I get a lot of breakup stuff, usually. Uh, I do get people who want to uh, get their person back where I'm not helpful in, you know, and I just don't believe in that. People are like, well, if I do this and this and this, and I'm like, yeah, no, I think they were pretty clear they didn't want to be with you. Do you. Is there moments where you do think they should get back together? No, almost never. Because that's almost every rom-com they break up. Every rom-com they break up, they have to break up and then they get back together. And I do think that that does happen in life. It's just that it's a big manipulation to try and get somebody back. Can you go into how you feel rom-coms affect like relationships in real life? Well, I think they give you a lot of false hope, Mm. you know, and there's a lot of uh, people getting back together or people breaking up and then getting back together or people waiting for each other. That just isn't real in real life. You know, the, the. The worst one of all is you complete me, which is one of the worst sentences that's ever been said. I love you. You complete me. It's the dumbest idea anybody could incorporate into their own personal being, you know. (laughs) We pitched our couple's conflict to Greg, and he said he'd seen this sort of issue in a couple before, a couple very close to him. My wife's ex-husband was famous and really good looking, really good looking in a way that I'm not like, and looking at a grunge way, right? With the hair and the flannel and the jeans and he was skinny, you know, like just predisposed. And I'm not predisposed to being skinny. I had a lot of like weird comparisons with him, you know, but then eventually you get to the point of like, well, she picked me. That's what she's picking now. That didn't work. Mm -hmm. 
I had to take him out of the category of famous guy and just put him into the category of another dude. He's just another dude. And he had all kinds of problems. And there were all kinds of reasons why they weren't together. And he wasn't as good a guy as I am. <laughs> you know? And that's the thing. I'm a better match for her. I was a better match for her. All right. So what if our imaginary couple came to Greg with this problem? Would they be able to get through this? If you haven't done the damage, you can get through insecurity problems. Mm-hmm. You have to really work on yourself. And you have to admit that you are insecure and that your insecurity comes from a place of self-loathing and that you're working on not self-loathing yourself and so that you're becoming a better person. And then you do things to make yourself feel better about yourself. I mean, you know, I was doing a lot of stand-up at the time, so whenever I'd go do stand-up, I'd feel better about myself. Working made me feel good about myself. My How good I was at my job made me feel good about myself. You know, the kind of work that I was doing when I was in Sex in the City and all that kind of stuff like that made me feel good about myself. I did feel like, oh, I am kind of a catch. Okay, so there's hope for Greg and Catalina. We basically just took them to couples counseling, and here's what we learned. Catalina has to work on herself to get over her insecurity problems. She has to do something to feel better about herself. She also has to see Selma as a regular person and realize there are all kinds of reasons Greg and Selma aren't together. Of course, he also said that couples should almost never get back together in real life. But this is a rom-com. But before we get busy getting our couple back together, we don't want to miss the opportunity for them to fully wallow in their self-pity after a breakup. I mean, this is a rom-com goldmine. Okay, so what are we doing right now? Today, we're brainstorming for the breakup montage. You know, that scene in the movie where everyone's very sad because they broke up. One of my favorite ones is in um, Notting Hill. He walks down the street in Portobello Road or whatever it's called, and it's all the seasons, and he's sad the whole time. So you can tell he's been sad for a whole year. He just keeps walking. Right. And the seasons change. We're going to try to come up with ideas for our breakup montage. Okay, let's go. You, you know how you're in a taxi and some people will be like, mind if I smoke? Mm. She could be like, mind if I cry? <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Because people always cry in the back of taxis, I think. Oh, very, yeah. yes, for yeah, sure. That, it could be the same taxi driver that was rooting for them. Would Greg do... Like maybe something positive that's actually kind of toxic, you know, when people do that, like I'm going to put myself into something, but d- a distraction. Like something that's ultimately not great for him. Signs up for an MMA class, gets hurt, <laughs> dusts off his old longboard, which he hasn't used since college. Breaks his ankle. That's funny. Breaks his wrist. Tries to use one of those uh, pick pick a scooter up, leave a scooter thing. Hit by a bus. <laughs> what are some like things you don't see in a breakup montage that would be funny? What about if he does cocaine? Yeah, I mean, he can get into cocaine. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, sure. I he could start, like, ordering on Amazon and, like, getting Ubers. Oh, that's and, like, interesting. Just yeah, not going caring against, about the yeah. stuff that he does. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's just, like, online shopping. Yeah. His least favorite thing. He just watches TV and online shops. What is he getting? He, wa- he buys things he sees on TV. So, like, swords? <laughs> yeah, he, he buys a cane <laughs> sword. <laughs> What's he watching on TV? Greg starts a podcast. Greg starts a podcast about writing a sci-fi. Greg goes over to the cool nun's house and hits a bong. Yeah, the cool nun. We definitely should see him with the cool nun. That's a great idea. They hit the bong together. Then they make out. <laughs> Wait, because then he's like, did I make out with that nun? Okay. 
These ideas for Greg aren't all that great. With Greg, we've created such an even-keeled character. We're going a little big. We could just show him having problems at the grocery store. As for Catalina... What is Catalina's progression to, like, the shitty job she has? Like, if we go that direction, right? Like, that's something we were bandying mm-hmm. about, too, after the breakup, that she, like, bottoms out. And we toyed with her becoming, like, a performer on a pirate-themed kids' cruise. I still like that. What are you doing at my <laughs> Yeah, that kids' pirate cruise we witnessed a couple episodes ago really stuck with us. Does she purge her life of Greg? Does she get rid of things that she regrets maybe getting rid of? or Does she burn something? Maybe her roommate is like helping her burn something. And it almost gets out of control, the fire. Yeah, that's funny. It'd be fun to see her at an improv performance. (laughs) That's really funny. And they pick pick on her and they bring her on stage and it's really bad. (laughs) But it's still in a montage, but you can just tell it's like unenjoyable. One time I went through a breakup and I took a hip-hop dance class. I like something like that. I like something like that we haven't seen either of them do mm-hmm. that can be kind of a grounded little bit of funny slash slice of life. What about sad on a sailboat? Sad on a sailboat. Like, that's all, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like sad on a sailboat. Sad on a dock. These are all funny, but this is supposed to be the saddest part of the movie. What we need is something truly heartbreaking. Another great place to cry, everybody cries on, is the bus. People are always crying on the bus. And what if, you know when it's a really crowded bus, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't see everyone. What if they're on the same bus? Oh. And one of them sees the other one. I like that. And they don't say anything, and it's just like this weird moment. That's very sad. I like that. One person, but they can tell they're sad. Yeah. For some reason. Or even I was thinking, they could text them, I miss you, and they're on the same bus. And they could say, I miss you too, but then get off the bus. Mm, Like misconnection still. They don't quite see each other. Oh, that's good. Greg and Catalina's hearts are both broken. We're at the emotional low of the movie. The bad news is, our couple is done. Jeez, feels like just a week ago they were falling in love. The good news is there's nowhere to go but up. We need something to bring them back together. Maybe a grand romantic gesture. I had a friend who buried a diamond ring in a burrito. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. It's so yeah. messy. Yeah. That's next time on Let's Make a Rom-Com. Let's Make a Rom-Com is a production of CBC Podcasts and Kelly and Kelly. Hosted by Maddie Kelly, Mark Chavez, and Ryan Beal. And created by Kelly and Kelly. This episode is written and produced by Dave Shimka, Chris Kelly, and Max Collins. Coordinating producer, Lauren Berkovich. Associate producer, Rebecca Pang. For CBC, Jeff Turner is our senior producer. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. And Arif Nurani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly and Colin Cowan. Special thanks to Greg Barrett and Melanie Bragg. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.